Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Now it is a mere chip shot for Eddie Pinheiro. It is a 23-yarder. Second year as Carolina's starting kicker and a chance to give them their first win of the season. And with that, we get our first Victory Monday of the season. Happy Victory Monday from the Wesson Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're not not even used to this. When when we win in the Queen City, when the Carolina Panthers get a dub, we don't know how to act. We got Mac getting carried by employees here at the station. We don't know what imaging we want to roll with, whether it be a call, whether it be getting off the bus. We thought about opening up with a war cry Wednesday. Wes said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that for the Panthers, but... (laughs) At least they get a victory, and so we have no clue how we're trying to open up the show. You guys do the war cry. We can do the war cry if you want to. Fiddy already did one, walking in the fishbowl today. Oh, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. He was excited, which I'm happy we get good mood Fiddy. I didn't know what yeah. we were going to get. Cowboys won. Carolina Panthers won. Jets won. Jets won. <laughs> Carolina basketball won. <laughs> Carolina basketball won. Carolina basketball, by the way. <laughs> basketball. It's We have to be specific because the other team that's playing Who right now. they play? Sisters of the Poor? They did not. They did not win. And no, but uh, it was St. Augustine. Uh, they got the big win oh, over St. Augustine. Difference. All right. We've already mentioned way too many other teams. We already mentioned way too many other ones. Let's go ahead. And let's get this. Maybe we don't do war cry. Let's just go ahead and get off of the bus. All right? Let's just do it right now. Fiddy, open up the doors and let's hit this thing rolling. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! beat the Texans 15 to 13. It is the first win of the season. They are now one and six overall and they are one and two at home. Bryce Young got the best of one CJ Stroud after both of these QBs were taken first and second overall. No, even if they're not playing directly against one another, it's not CJ Stroud playing defense. It's not Bryce Young playing defense. But at least Bryce Young got the victory. He had the most yards. He had the touchdown pass. And now the question is, for the people out there rolling in on a Panther Victory Monday, how are we feeling about the Panthers overall, but also Bryce Young? Any opinions changed on Bryce Young after, yes, just one game, clearly. But again, C.J. Stroud, too. How are we feeling we feeling any differently after Bryce Young and what he did this weekend? I think the thing you have to look at off top is just the adversity that he battled through. For anybody questioning his toughness, for anybody wondering if he's built for this league. And, oh, yeah, C.J. Stroud did get a lot of passes batted down because a lot of people were worried about that with uh, Bryce Young and his size. I, 
I think he's too small. Well, he showed you yesterday with some of the licks that he took, and he was not getting his balls batted down. Bryce Young battled through adversity that entire contest, came out with one of his best games, arguably his best game of the season because they got a win. I think you have to take your hat off to that. No questions about it. All right, here's Frank Reich after the game, how he was feeling good because of the first win that the Panthers recorded this year. Hey, Corpse, how good does that feel? <laughs> Tell you what else it was. It was not only M win like Corpse challenges. It was man man on man, win all day. Man on man, win all day. That was a challenge. You know what else it was? As one. All day long it was as one man. Oh my goodness, it was as one. You're gonna watch that film and you're gonna see it all over the place, right? Complimentary football. It was ugly at times, but we played as one, and that's what we can do. We can walk in every week. What do we do? We prepare. We've raised the floor on how we prepare. We've raised the floor on how we prepare. And we ain't turning back, right? That's our standard. The standard just gets higher and higher. And we go in every week knowing one thing. All that matters is we walk off the best team that day. We got all the horsepower we need, man. So congratulations to you guys. People wanted to see the fire from Frank Reich. He gave it to you after a win. Now you have a couple of opportunities to possibly dare I say, even string a couple of wins together. Can we even go consecutive victories with this team in this three-game window that we were all looking at and saying, if not now, then I don't know if it's going to happen. Well, it did, Wes. At least you don't have to have any of the initial conversations about, are they like 08 Detroit Lions bad? Or is this a team that really could go defeated? They could go 0-17. Is that on the table? It's not on the table anymore. And now people are feeling good. Andrew Norwell's agent, he writes in on the text line. I'm guessing it's the fake one. Bryce is good, but Ikki Aquanu is a problem. We'll get to that in a moment. 704, both teams looked and played like crap. Hey, but we got the win though here in Carolina. That's all that <laughs> BG wrote in, Bryce has gotten better every game. Feels good to see that. AJ wrote in on the defensive side. Frankie Luvu absolutely dominated that game. All caps on dominated. And then here's Spence writing in. You get a sack. You get a sack. You also get one. Apparently, Iki Aquanu said that and took it from Oprah. That's what Spence <laughs> is writing in on there. We'll get to some of the negative stuff here, but I think I'm with you, Wes. I think this was the best game that we saw Bryce play. And maybe it's not the most amount of yards that he's thrown for in a game so far this season. I thought you saw him play a little more like Alabama Bryce. He was playing a little more off script. He was. And when he was throwing He had down, to. Yeah, he, he sure did. <laughs> because of some of those Iki texts that we got. No doubt about it. But Bryce, throwing downfield, real accurate, man. This is the thing that he has shown all season long. If he does have time, and there were passing there were passing reps, where I feel like when he did get time, they gave him a decent amount to be able to throw downfield. And then he did have to escape a little and then play off-platform. But even then, he was throwing with accuracy. You got to see some of the passes to Adam Thielen. That was one where they ended up not being able to score a touchdown, not being successful on the fourth down conversion attempt, the first one that they had. But that was excellent rolling to your left. 
and then unloading it to Adam Thielen downfield. Jonathan Mingo, nice to see Bryce and the other rookie hook up for a deep connection. DJ Chark had one for about 19, 20 yards. So I thought this was Bryce's best game because he had to deal with what was still a lot of pressure. You are learning, even if you had two weeks to do so, you are learning from a different play caller in Thomas Brown, and it looked a little different to me. I I, I do think the offense, because of the way that they were able to pick up quite a few close to 20-yard plays, and even more than that, that was nice to see from this offense, even if you only had 15 points to show for it. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, when you talk about raw numbers, that offense averaged 2.1 yards more per attempt than they did over the first six games, so a little bit more aggressive when you look at it in theory. And then, too, you know, when I talked about what were the four or five plays that were going to be the difference when you look at who was calling the plays because you saw Texans, the Texans were doing some of the razzle-dazzle that a lot of people like and they get excited about. They were running some plays and had some play designs uh, that weren't run-of-the-mill. But as far as what the Panthers were able to do, like I said, I, I think you saw a lot of the plays Bryce made out of necessity. I think he just let everything go and just played and just let the game and let the chips fall how they may. And uh, some of the great off-schedule throws that you said, he had to do it because the pressure was so great. But also a lot of people talked about in the pre-draft process that this was one of the things that made him uh, the prospect that he was is because he is very good when things break down. And I think you saw that yesterday. 100%. 100%. Now you look at what Bryce Young is doing against the Texans. You win 15-13. to 13. The next two games are against the Colts at home. And then it's prime time against Chicago. This would be a great opportunity for Carolina to now have one and no record in this three game stretch. The Colts impressive what they've been able to do despite some of the adversity they dealt with having Anthony Richardson as the starter at first you have a high end backup Gardner Minshew comes in Colts are still like a pretty decent football team I think very comparable to what Houston brought in Indianapolis is three and five another winnable game so to speak exactly like you had here this past weekend with Houston I wonder if this is the time where you can start to see Bryce Young's confidence grow And I just thought because you were able to do it, you performed better than C.J. Stroud, the guy that everybody had jumped ship off of what you were as the number one overall pick. And they moved to, hey, C.J.'s playing real well with Houston. Bryce Young now has this game again, even if he doesn't feel that way, right? Like even if he's not going to feel that way publicly. I do think the fact that you had this kind of game against the other QB in consideration for the number one overall pick, hopefully that can build some confidence against the Colts and the Bears before you have to take on a really tough defense in Dallas. But I'll take three games of good Bryce and and hopefully carrying that momentum into the season. Yeah, no question about it. And I said that coming into this contest, whether he wants to admit it or not, I saw all the talk after the game. And I do believe Bryce. I think Bryce is a sincere kid. I don't think that he really looked at this as like me versus CJ and I got to beat him. I got to do this. Obviously, he has to do that because that's his job but I looked at it too is that regardless of what he will tell you on the outside deep down inside this had to be a very gratifying victory for him and especially because he outplayed CJ in the stat line because guys say that they don't hear what people say but they do and they heard people talking about CJ and what he was doing and he saw what the Texans were doing because I'm sure even Bryce Young didn't expect Houston to have the record that they had coming into this football game and so I know that had to be gratifying for him to be able to go out and get the victory, outplay C.J. Stroud. Both of these young men now, I think, showed you they're both the future of the NFL yesterday. 
Both of them had spectacular throws, and then both of them had some tough moments. But for Bryce, like I said, this had to be very gratifying. Trey from downtown rode in and a winning drive to boost the confidence for Bryce. Yeah, it's the fact that Bryce Young was able to take this team down the field in a couple of really hard spots. How about a second and 19 on your plate? Picking up just enough on the screen with Thielen. You have the fourth and two play. Honestly, at first, I didn't know who Bryce Young was throwing to on that fourth and two. Was it Miles Sanders on the in-breaking route or was it Adam Thielen? And so I I feel like we've just accepted, no, it was Thielen the whole way. And I I still think it was Thielen because that's who Bryce is going to. He went to Thielen on the other fourth down conversion attempt in the red zone and just didn't get it. It was tight coverage. Red zone's tough. At least Thielen was able to bring it in on what was a tough catch because of all the bodies flying. Miles Sanders stopped his route in order to let the ball through. And so he was able to complete that. You get the ball out of your hands early go into the running backs in a couple of crucial spots. You hook up with Mingo on that drive. I thought, a good point from Trey from downtown. Not only do you win, but as you win because of what Bryce Young was able to do. Sure. And it was clutch time. That's why I think you love what you got from your first overall pick. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you talked about Adam Thielen, man. And I tell you, there was a line from Cool Breeze. Dungeon family aficionados know this. And when he said, they used to call me, don't drop because I ain't drop nothing. And on that play right there, man, Adam Thielen showed you he doesn't drop anything. He is as sure-handed and as dependable as you could ask for, man. He's really defied the odds as far as age and attrition and things of those na- of that nature. He's really the guy that Bryce Young can count on. But he finally got some help from other guys. The play to Mingo was huge. The catch and run, that was a tremendous play. Uh, he, he got an all-around effort from his guys because at the beginning of the game, it was looking tough when Chark dropped that big pass yep. that he had on the sideline. It was looking tough for him. Hayden Hurst dropped one. but I think Mingo did too. Yeah, he on. got enough help. Just enough. Not only was it the first win, here's another incredible stat. I think that's already been said, but we'll mention it for the midday listeners. The Carolina Panthers had gone five years between fourth-quarter comebacks. The last one came in 2018 when they had a 17-0 deficit against Philadelphia, which I think most fans, if you have been a fan, yeah, that was a monster comeback. They scored 21 unanswered points. It was an awful, awful offensive performance through like the first three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, Cam Newton and company, they got rolling a little bit. And so you had the game-winning drive, the one-yard score to Greg Olson with over a minute and 20 left to go in that game. Last time that the Panthers had a fourth-quarter comeback. So it's been a long time coming. They got the first win of the season. They got the first comeback win in the fourth quarter for the first time in five years. And Bryce Young was the guy that was able to help all of it. So great and crucial plays, too. This is exactly what you want. Exactly what you want. Yeah, man. Text line is jumping between the Panthers and Cooper Flag. It's lit on the text line. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's right. We did get some Cooper Flag news. I know Fiddy is excited to break all of that down in the second segment of today's show. (laughs) Even if we don't get to it, maybe we get to a new way we're going to package this. So many different storylines I want to get to from this game. We're going to talk about whether each of these factors were for real or if they were a fluke. Is this something that we are only going to see in this game against Houston? Or can you expect somewhat of a trend going the rest of the way? We'll talk about it coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Texas, how you're feeling, Panthers fans? After the first victory we experienced over the weekend, 704-570-9610. This Got beat a- makes me want to do Tai Chi. Okay. Not me. I just I just want to listen to it in vibe a little bit more. I don't want to do any any exercise at all. I'd rather just listen in vibe and read some Panthers victory text messages, 704-570-9610. 704-570-9610. Wrote in any Panther fan that still doubts Coach Reich's passion for this team only needs to watch that clip. Sunday's postgame locker room speech. You can't not be fired up. I'm with you on that. CJ said Frankie Luva is the man who needs to get paid. That man is a beast and isn't even 100 percent. That's a good point. Yeah. What? what <laughs> scary. <laughs> the dude drops. Sometimes they get me. Now uh, you never know what Finney's gonna fire over there it. from uh, from behind the scenes. Nine eight zero rode in. Miles Sanders' best play as a Panther was pulling his arms back yeah, on the fourth that. and two. That was funny. Yep. If Sanders actually tried to catch that, I don't think we win the game. It's a good point. It, like I said, I'm not a hundred percent sure that he was throwing to Adam Thielen. I think he was. Certainly in real time, I was like, wait, did Miles just pull? Because think about how bad it is if. He pulls back and Thielen isn't there. And it's like, wait, whoo, buddy. You know, and then now a defender gets a hand on it. Mm. It's like, man, maybe you want Miles to reach out and catch it and then pick up some more yardage. But it didn't happen that way. They got the win. Adam Thielen did a good job bringing it in. Clay from Gastonia, last one I'll read. Shout out to Chuba Hubbard for picking up some key blocks. Yeah, that's one. Might as well just go ahead right into it. We'll let Fiddy lead us off here. And Fiddy can give some analysis on some of these main takeaways as well. But let's play for real or fluke. What we're going to do is we're going to take away the good performances, some of the bad, some of the things that we saw in this game against Houston, and we'll tell you if we think it was probably just a one game happening or if we think there can be some kind of trend that is set after this game going into the rest of the season. Lead us off, Fiddy. What you got? All right, we're going to start with Miles Sanders having the third highest usage in the backfield. Is that for real or is that just a fluke? I think this is for real. I think Miles Sanders, his role with this with this backfield, it is going to be greatly diminished as we continue on. And just to give people a clear picture of what happened, if you look at the first five weeks before Miles Sanders got hurt and didn't play in week seven or week uh, six, 57% of the snap share, 62, 65, 43, 46 in week four and week five. So you saw it go down a little bit before he got injured, hurt, don't rush him back. In week eight, he plays 18% of the snaps. 18. I played him in fantasy, West. Got a goose egg. Oh, yeah. Got a goose egg in that game. Zero points. Just a couple of rushing attempts. And that was it. And it wasn't even that you were just rolling with Tuba Hubbard. You were rolling with Raheem Blackshear. Played well yesterday. I, 
Chuba, when he's been given the opportunity, he's proven that he has been at least the better rusher in between the tackles. And now here's Blackshear opportunities. And Blackshear seems to be capitalizing on it. Out of the backfield, looking stronger, the nice return, even in special teams, giving you a return that goes past the 50. Who's looked better? In in the limited time that Blackshear has played, he's looked better than what Miles Sanders has. Yeah, this is for real. I, maybe not only 18, maybe not only two rushing attempts, but I do think that Chuba is clearly the lead guy now. And then Blackshear and Miles Sanders might be in the might be in the mix and get similar snaps after that. No, I agree with you 100. percent I think that this is for real too. I mean, out of a back that you paid the money, highest free agent contract to a running back this off season, and you've only gotten 190 yards uh, with a 3.0 average. And I know the offensive line has had their share of issues, but still, Chuba Hubbard has found a way to be productive. Uh, the numbers don't blow you away. Yesterday, he got some key runs when it mattered. But, I mean, two carries for zero yards. For one, that tells you that he wasn't very much a part of the game plan to begin with. And even when he does get the opportunities, he's not doing a lot with it. Uh, this has to be, frankly, one of the worst free agent signings that the Panthers have had just because of the money that was spent and just what they're getting out of them. Uh, never did I think that this was going to be the case with Miles Sanders. I didn't think necessarily he could come in and match the 1,200 yards he rushed for last year in Philadelphia. And I know people like to say system this and system that, whatever, whatever. But any running back that's fortunate enough to play Mm -hmm. uh, in front of a light box with a good offensive line is going to put in numbers. And that's what you want. And uh, but you just don't see much from him, even when he is able to get the ball in space or even when he is able to uh, get through that line. You just don't see a ton where you go special. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, that's the problem there. So I'm with you 100 percent for real. Charlotte born GJ said, I don't understand why Sanders keeps getting blamed. Hubbard averaged less than two yards per carry. There's nowhere to run. So that's true. The the way it looks. Well, the interior offensive line was not good yesterday. Run blocking, pass protection, we know for sure. All we have to do is ask Bryce Young, maybe with some truth serum, and he would tell you, yeah, I was running for my life, especially from the interior, and especially with Icky. We'll, We'll get to him in a moment. But Chuba, he he makes some plays though, man. Like, and he runs harder than Miles does. Even with some of those some of those receptions that he had, I just feel like he falls forward a decent amount if he's got a fighting chance. And there weren't many yards before contact yesterday for Chuba. And we've seen Miles a couple of times now, just not be productive. Raheem Blackshear, I thought, was was productive as well. And just to clear something up, Logo704, he said, Walker, playing Miles Sanders was irresponsible. That's your fault, bro. No, I'm saying I was playing against him. Uh, I'm not playing. I'm not paying. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. No. I was playing against Miles Sanders in fantasy yesterday. So it was a good thing for me. I did not play Miles Sanders myself. What else you got for me, Fitty? All right. Second, uh, is Jonathan Mingo emerging as the second leading wide receiver for the Panthers? Is that fair? Or is that... My- Fair or foul was my idea. Was that real or is that a fluke? <laughs> Thank. Okay. Yeah, worked his idea. <laughs> well, no, no. So whenever we were workshopping, <laughs> I said fair or foul. You said um, no. No, I'm going to go fluke on that. I just got to see a little bit more. Uh, I haven't seen enough to be able to say that he's a number two. Uh, he's got 19 catches, 195 yards uh, to this point. But uh, up until now, his best game was against Detroit. Seven catches for, uh, I'm sorry, five catches for 48 yards. But I would need to see a little bit more. Uh, from him when he gets out there to catch and run. It was nice, no doubt about it. But 62 of those yards or 40 of those 62 yards came on one catch. 
Um, but I think that if he can give you a little bit more next week and the week after, then I think we can start to have that discussion. But right now, he's just been a little bit too inconsistent for my take. No, for sure. That's probably the logical answer. Allow me to give you something that's not as logical as your answer. Okay. No, I'm, I'm going to say that this is for real. But it doesn't it's not even so much as Jonathan Mingo is playing crazy well. Wes, for me, it's just who's the guy that's going to take the second wide receiver title away from him? I'm not saying that he's playing as well as other wide receiver twos in the NFL. I don't want to get it twisted. But DJ Chark, somebody that I liked when they brought him in, just isn't showing up, man. So if if DJ Chark's not going to emerge as that guy, if you're not going to have any other wide receiver outside of Adam Thielen consistently produce, it's not Terrace Marshall, who did have a catch yesterday, but only played like four snaps. So now we're talking about Jonathan Mingo being the only one that is playing close to 90% of the snaps, 99 yesterday, Wes played more than even Adam Thielen did at like 97. So I think, I think this is going to be a trend. I do. I it, not because he's going to blow up, not because we're going to say, Oh, there's no way he's a bust now. It's because I think Thomas Brown is going to make a concerted effort to give him the football. I think one thing that we have seen from Mingo in a very limited sample size, but going back to preseason and going back to this game, when he does get the football in his hands, he is dangerous. He's a physical runner. He can make people miss. It's all about getting open. You even see on these routes, he's not sticking his foot in that ground and separating from players, and that's still dicey. Okay? That's fair. But, but this is why I think Jonathan Mingo is going to emerge as the second leading receiver. You're hoping he can figure some stuff out. It felt like Thomas Brown wanted to get the football in his hands, and nobody else is doing anything. Yeah. That's it. So I'm going to say that this is for real. What else you got for us, Fiddy? Thomas Brown had his debut as the play caller yesterday, and there was a it was a change where Carolina's offense was more aggressive throwing the football down the field. For real or for fluke, Thomas Brown will continue to attack down the field as the season moves along. So if you look at their schedule, they have the Colts at home, Bears on the road, and then you're playing the Cowboys, the Titans, the Bucks, the Saints, and I won't go over the whole schedule, but those are the next games up if you talk about a month, a month and a half in. I'm going to say fluke right now. I think this could change, but this is a little more to your Mingo answer. This is the one where you still saw those screen passes on third down situations. Thomas Brown still went to Thielen on a couple of them. One worked to set you up for a four and two that eventually was huge on the final drive of the game. That was great. But attacking downfield, Terrace Marshall comes in and has the short catch, you know, not too far down the field there. I'm going to go fluke right now. Fluke maybe even be too strong of a word. I, I just am not ready to say that this is going to be the new offense that we see under Thomas Brown. It did look different in this game against Houston. I really liked it. And the fact that you even threw downfield, despite all of the pressure that Bryce Young had, that's a good sign, Wes, because now it's not, oh, okay, the offensive line is terrible, and that is the reason as to why we're not looking at all 20 yards down the line of scrimmage. No, you still had those completions despite Bryce running for his life. I'm still going to hold off just a little bit and say, let me see it two games in a row before I say this is going to be a trend in the second half. Yeah, I'm right there with you as well because when you look at this team for the season now, it does include uh, stats from yesterday, but they were 4.9 yards per pass. And for the season, uh, they're 31st at 5.8 yards per pass. And so uh, you didn't necessarily get 
the downfield attacking that you wanted. Like you did say, Walker, you did see some of those short attacks where you tried to throw those screens and do some of those different things. But the only reason, too, I say that is because of the offensive line. He just doesn't have the time to be able to do it. It's, it's, And we're going to get to that in just a second. But he just doesn't have the time, to be frank, man. I mean, when your left tackle's out there having trouble like they do, whole offensive line basically is having trouble out there. It's hard to to call a five- to seven-step drop to let that mm-hmm. thing go when you know that you don't have time. And also, you could see that the Texans were scheming uh, that left side of Carolina's line as well. Yes, they were. Those delayed blitzes and different things that they were doing. So I think that's going to hinder Thomas Brown tremendously as far as attacking down a football field. Just want to be clear on one thing. You said, to be frank, it was actually Thomas calling those plays. You said, to be frank, just you know. Ah, uh, okay. I'm there sitting there like, what I say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Okay, let's but move I'm on. Bum. I need to get my bad fitting type joke in there for the day. All right, what you got for me, Fitty? I've got one coming right here because Wes mentioned the offensive line. And Icky looked, well, Icky once again yesterday on the left side of the offensive line. Is it for real or for fluke that the uh, second-year offensive lineman will give up multiple pressures every game moving forward? Listen, folks, Queen City, surrounding areas, everybody that can hear the sound of my voice. All right? It's time to (laughs) Sermon Brian over there. Some some dramatic effect. And then Fiddy back there, giggle giggle box. Uh, Yeah, man, it's time to keep it a buck. Icky's a bust, all right? It's just time to go ahead and say it. Uh, There's been massive struggles since the preseason, and rarely have I seen an offensive lineman be dominated like he was yesterday. No, this wasn't Miles Garrett. This was not Nick Bosa. Uh, This wasn't the uh, top variety of the pass rushes in the NFL. This was Jonathan Grenard, and Grenard's a good player. No question about it. Covered him at Louisville. He's a good player. But he dominated him even on snaps that – there wasn't a tangible statistic like a sack or anything like that. I mean, it, it was rough. It was really, really rough. The only way I can see him coming out of this is, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of technique work, stopping his feet, giving up that inside leg, uh, just a lot of different things as a lineman that you don't want to do. And he does it on a regular basis. It hasn't gotten better. And also, too, the processing. Yeah, people think that processing is just for quarterbacks. It's for tackles, too. And you see the best of the best. They can anticipate blitzes. They can anticipate when things are coming. Uh, They can kind of figure out situations where they know, "Uh uh-oh, my guy went inside. It's probably something coming around the corner. And he's picking up on that type of stuff really, really late. It's it's tough to watch. And I really thought that this was going to be a guy that was going to turn into a dominant lineman. But he's far from that. He's regressed. And it's a real problem over there at left tackle, the most coveted position uh, on the offensive line. Yeah. It, so if the question is, is Icky going to continue to have some really glaring struggle spots? I do think this is for real because we've already seen hints at this. We saw we've seen a couple games already against New Orleans. He wasn't good protecting the quarterback against Seattle. He wasn't good protecting the quarterback against Houston. He wasn't good protecting the quarterback. Wes, in the preseason, we saw the signs. We saw it right there in front of us. And you hope that Icky is going to be able to figure it out. But he has regressed after what was a strong rookie season. And so I do think that there's still going to be some trouble spots. And the worry part is when Grenard bull rushes him. Yes. Icky is the guy that had the most fun tape to evaluate coming out of NC State. Mm-hmm. Not somebody that's supposed to be pushed back like that. 
Now, look, as an offensive lineman, you can speak to this a lot better than I can. I did not play not one snap in my entire life of offensive line. Mm -hmm. What I will say is I'm sure people can get tripped up. I'm sure you can lose your balance. That can happen. It doesn't mean that you're just punk out here all the time. Uh But it was an embarrassing pass rep when he got bull rushed like that, Wes, and lost speed. You're right about processing. What was the first pressure of the game? It's a simple stunt. Guy outside comes inside, and then you see a blitz from the second level. Mm-hmm. Icky can't pick it up. Yeah. And by the time he realizes what's happened, he's already turning and yelling at the quarterback, like you always say, is sometimes that'll happen, but it's happened a little too much. <laughs> what a tough part, too, man, Walk, when you're talking about that. And, you know, I'm not Just like the here, bull rush stuff. Is, yeah, I'm not sitting here like I was Orlando Pace or anything like that. Far from it. We've all been bull rushed. We've all been embarrassed by things. and. I think the fact that, for one, Grenard had him so off balance because he was giving it to him so many different ways. Speed rush, playing karate, bull rush. But the thing about that bull rush, man, that's the age of football saying, low man wins. And I thought that about him last year that he played really high a lot. And Grenard is a guy, like I said, 6'3", 260. And you're talking about these guys out here squatting five, six, seven hundred pounds. They can run like the wind. Grenard's a four-six type of guy. He's a good player, like and that mentioned. plays into the get-off. So if you got a guy, man, that's that's powerful and explosive, and they get a good get-off, and you're not low enough to be able to handle what's coming, you're gonna go on your back, like plain and simple. And that's what happened. Like Grenard came off, Icky was too high. Like that's what it is. And so you know, he he just was really off balance. Grenard had a great repertoire moves. That's kind of what I talked about with the Brian Burns thing, the things that you want to see. If you want to watch tape on the the variants of moves you need to have to be successful in the NFL, Grenard gave it to you yesterday because he was in his bag all the way. Yeah, if you look at how many pressures he allowed, it, according to Pro Football Focus, he allowed the most amount of pressures uh, compared to any other game this week. His pass blocking efficiency was, by a significant amount, the worst in this game as it has been all season long. Two sacks allowed, a hit, a couple hurries, five pressures in total, as I mentioned. Just an awful, awful game for Mickey. And it start. This is the other problem with Mickey, too. It happens early. I it He'll get it right in some of these games, but... He'll get beat early, and then it, it kills starts, Wes. When, when you're looking to get some points on the board in the first quarter, it just kills starts when he allows a pressure. I think I think one thing, too, man, that he might want to look into is that I think that – and Icky's not a – he's not a sloppy guy by any stretch of the imagination. He's well put together. But he maybe could stand to drop 10 or 15 to get those feet just a little bit lighter. That may help him. Um, you know, I hate it for him, man. I was a big fan of him yeah. coming out. So, you know, me me saying this is just my honest observations, but I want to see the guy succeed. But, I mean, he, he's just having a, a tough job, and people don't realize how hard that left tackle spot is, man. All right, we have one leftover topic to get to. Maybe we'll talk about it a little later because I want to take the pulse of Panther Nation on the other side of the break. We don't take calls often. We will in a second. Let, let's go to the Fitty Flash, and then we'll take calls after that. So don't dial in yet because I don't want to overwhelm my boy over there. He's dynamic, but he can't answer phone calls and talk on the mic at the same time. <laughs> That's going to be just a little too hard for even the best of producers to do. Let's go with the first Fitty Flash of the day. It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Why? Getting a lot of text on the text line that Duke lands number one prospect in 2025, Cooper Flag. And oddly enough, 
Flag shows to play college basketball for the Blue Devils over UConn and Kansas, the last two programs to win national championships. And I was reading the ESPN article, guys. There's nowhere in the article that mentions how much money the Flag family was given and, and what size house they gave him in comparison to Zion Williamson. Well, but, that's all legal now. So it but it's matter. okay now, right? I don't think giving away money in houses is legal. But uh, if there's a school that's going to test the theory, Duke's going to be the one to do it. Well, you know, I knew there was going to be a dig of in course. there somewhere because I was going to ask you, Fitty, that Carolina wasn't in the Final Five. But when you look at this guy, man, it's one of the best prospects uh, in theory coming out of high school in quite some time. When you look at his 247 sports score and his 247 composite, which gets all the major recruiting services, he's got a perfect score. He's got a 1,000 and he's got a 100 from 247 sports. So there's going to be a lot of expectations coming on this man. You read the write-ups about him. Adam Finkelstein from 247. Just it's a hell of a name. His instincts are off the charts. Two-way prospect. Killer instinct. All of the superlatives you want to see from a number one player. You watch his footage. Super athletic. I can't wait to see him play. Cooper Flag, Good one. Good can't one wait for to Duke. see him drop 50 on Carolina in a win. <laughs> John Shire doing a nice <laughs> job recruiting on top of the experience coming back as well. Pulse of Panther Nation. We want you to call in. It's the same number as the text line. 704 704- 570-9610. Tell us how you're feeling after the Panthers get their first win of the season. The number once more, 704-570-9610. We'll take your phone calls on the other side of the break. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 704-980. Let's go. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Answering your Panthers questions... Did I say that right? I don't know what happened there. Answering your Panthers questions here <laughs> on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can text in. You can call in. We are taking your phone calls as well. That's 704-570-9610. I, I, we'll answer this one first before we actually get to the phone calls because we got a lot of people texting in about just how good Frankie Louvu was in this game. So we'll, we were going to attempt to answer it with the last factor in Fluker for real. This one was Frankie Louvu solidifying himself as the best defender on this team. Derek Brown came in with a strong season last year. Brian Burns was wanting $30 million a season. We had that whole contract negotiation going back and forth. And now here is Frankie Louvu, who I've probably been a little up and down, but I still think a, a good linebacker in this league. And man, I thought he was sensational yesterday. I think most people saw him flying all over the field. Whether there was a ball tipped up in the air, Frankie, could he was right around it. He was a part of it on the two-point conversion that failed for Houston. All over the place, Wes. 
I ask you, do you think Frankie Luva was a guy that they should invest in long term? And do you think he does emerge as the overall best defender on this team? Woo! That is a very good question, Walker Mel. Thank you. Uh, when you look at this thing, though, I mean, yes, he did bounce back yesterday and had a very, very nice outing uh, for the Carolina Panthers. But also, you know, when you look at what he's done the last few games, hasn't quite been what you wanted. He started out the season on fire, but then he hit a four-game stretch of zero quarterback hits. Uh, he also had three tackles for loss in four weeks uh, as well. And so the inconsistencies are a little bit off-putting, to be frank, because he's also only had one sack uh, in the last five games. So when you look at that, it, it, it makes you a little bit leery. I can't give him best defender uh, trait just because he had a great game yesterday. There's still coverage things that you don't want to see, even though for the year he's got a 91.1 pass rush grade. Uh, that's nice. But the coverage grade still isn't there either, 50.7. And we know in this league, uh, with the way that these teams like to isolate guys in matchups and, and, and make plays, that you want a little bit better coverage out of there. He's one of the best defenders. Uh, I'd give him top three to four status on this defense. But I still can't put him in front of Burns. I still think Burns is the linchpin of this defense, even though he has his faults as well. But I can't just up and say Luvu is the guy on the defense uh, after one good game being that, you know, the inconsistency's kind of been there for the last month or so. Will, I am writing in. Luvu has a hip injury. That is true. He did have a hip injury. We weren't sure about him or Brian Burns until late last right, week if these guys were going to suit up. So both of those guys injured coming into this one. I will say, if we're asking who played better with their injury, Frankie played better than Brian Burns did with their injury. Right. Brian posted the sack. There were also a couple times where Brian Burns got in the backfield and couldn't bring down Damian Pierce. Sure. He would beat his man, Wes, and then you just couldn't get your hands on the running backs a couple times. Yeah. That happened with a few different Panthers defenders. That was maddening to watch. You would get there, they'd make a move, and then it'd actually be a positive gain when it could have been a real momentum gainer for you in that side of the ball. They still, hats off to how the defense performed yesterday. Overall, they performed well, but... Brian Burns, not one of his better games, despite, yes, recording a sack even still. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's why I said, you know, he has his faults as well. Brian Burns does miss tackles and, and things of that nature. And so, uh, as I said, but if I still had to pick a guy to say the best play on the defense, I feel like you would still uh, go with him. And he's continued the trend, man. Every other game, <laughs> he gets a sack. Yeah, like, he does. the trend has continued legit every other game. He registers a sack, but does have eight TFLs on the season uh, as well. Ten quarterback hits, five sacks. So, like I said, Gimme Burns is the best player. But Frankie, like I said, if he can continue this type of play, then sure. I mean, he's definitely going to emerge as the best guy yesterday. A monster, monster game. Twelve tackles, a sack, two TFLs. Big time game. Well, and, and the question for Luvu, is, or there are a couple people writing in, okay, do you invest in Brian Burns or do you invest in Frankie Luvu? Now, this has to come with the context that Brian Burns is going to cost a lot more money because he plays a premium position, edge rusher, wanting $30 million. I can tell you right now, Frankie Louvu is not going to sniff $30 million a year. No. Okay? He's not going to get $25 million a year. Nope. But you could still decide we're going to pay him good linebacker money. Maybe decide to let Brian Burns walk. We'll see about the franchise tag. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do with Brian Burns. The reports are that they're turning teams down that are calling 
inquiring about Brian Burns' availability. I don't know if that means that they're just trying to squeeze as much value from this as possible because it's there to be had. I don't know if they're being for real. No, we're going to let this thing play out despite us not reaching an agreement yet. We're still going to let this thing play out and see if we can come to an agreement maybe next offseason. But if you want to invest, you would save a decent amount of money by a lot of money by allowing Brian Burns to go somewhere else and then deciding to pay Frankie Louvu, Derek Brown, if that's a guy you want to keep as well. J.C. Horn is going to be interesting with his injury problems, but a good player when he's on the field. Yeah, I, I have no clue how they're going to allocate their resources, but that's the question that's happening now. I'll say this. This game against Houston, I thought this was the quintessential, man, Luvu just does everything game. Like, it didn't matter. In coverage, in this game specifically, not great, amazing, but good. Rushing the passer, good. Tackling, good. Being everywhere, just a really solid performance no matter what you threw at Frankie. I thought, man, he just was so versatile and was the best graded defensive player on that side of the ball for Carolina. Yeah, I mean, you do... Yesterday, like you said, he was all over the place. And like I said, I think he makes his presence felt the best as we talked about the grade on the season, the 91.1 pass rush grade. I think that's where he makes his presence felt the most. He is a disruptor by trade. That's what he does. He's going to get in the backfield and he's going to make plays. Big ooze, you know. That's mm. that's how he makes he, his he, bones out there. And, and he was you could feel the energy from him yesterday, too, oh, no more question. so than everyone, yeah. which was a lot of fun. I, people are th- – this is going to be the guy that, at least this year, if Brian Burns continues to be inconsistent, there's a little bad blood for people because he wants his money, which is fine. It's what you're supposed to do. You want to get as much money as possible. But still, people aren't uh, loving what Brian Burns has been giving them. He was them. feeling oozy yesterday. He was. <laughs> yeah. I know you guys don't get that reference from uh, wrestling, but uh, yeah, that I was did. a thing. I didn't know what reference it was, yeah. so I just decided to <laughs> stare at you like you made a Shook Knight reference again. Yeah! Uh, last, uh, that's <laughs> the reference we get on the show, Wes. Uh, uh, Jack wrote in, too. Hey, look, I, I decided not to put this one in because we both would answer the same way. Yes, even me. But Jack wrote in. This is true to me. Dante Jackson had himself a game yesterday. Yeah, he did. I mean, by far the best Dante Jackson performance. You'd like a little more, but Dante Jackson was very good in coverage. You did not have, I think he missed a couple tackles. There there were, there was a forced fumble from Dante Jackson, which was a huge play. So, and there was even a tackle for loss. I think he had, maybe it was just close to the line of scrimmage, but I, by far the best Dante Jackson game that we had, not even close. Part of that says Dante hasn't been good this year. Part of it was he was legit. But yes, by far the best game that that cornerback gave you this entire season. Let's move on. We got somebody asking about North Carolina, West. Two in a row. I yeah, know. man. I was going to text them back and say that uh, the campus corner is around the corner. It is. It is coming up next. Let's get to the campus corner. Let's talk about North Carolina's loss against Georgia Tech. Second in a row. Maybe we even get a foul line rant. Coming up, Wesley <laughs> Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.